Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kazmeski. I am interviewing Jessica Higgins today for the second time. We're doing a part two of our very inspiring podcast that we did just before. And so We're going to do another one where we're going to talk about some different things. And just to remind you, Jessica Higgins is a lawyer. She's an MBA. She's a researcher, consultant. She's an author, and she's a marketing communications professional. And we're going to talk about some of the things that she's gone through and that we see in business today with women. So Jessica, thank you for being on again, part two. I know. I just can't stop talking with you, Mary Beth. You're a real inspiration to me on the last one. So you better not disappoint me on this one. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that we wanted to talk further about is sort of this issue of, you know, women supporting other women and how we can do that better. And I know that you have had some situations where that really wasn't actually the case for you. And I've actually felt the same thing. And, and we think, oh my gosh, we're all banding together. We're all supporting each other. And it's actually not necessarily the way. So when you were you know, working and developing your career, talk a little bit about some of the things that happened to you. Yeah, it's so funny you say that. We have this idea of this Sheryl Sandberg lean in movement. But you know, the truth of the matter is she was saying that because of all of the women who were nasty to each other. That's who she was talking about. And you know, the ugly reality of building any career is you go into the ladder as a you versus them mentality, at least people who are really, you know, hell bent on making it to a certain level in their career by a certain time. So I was a female executive by the age of 26. That didn't come from being nice and smiling. I can tell you that it came from, you know, me versus you climbing the ladder, you know, and thinking with a very selfish approach. And I took a very selfish approach to my career for a very long time. And, you know, part of that was that everyone around me was taking a selfish approach as well. And I can claim my own fault and my own learning experience from doing that. But I had more women hold me down than men. I can tell you, you know, the issues that I had with people holding me back were almost exclusively female. I remember in my early days of consulting, I had a female client who just took one look at me and did not like what she saw. And from there forward, it was like everything was a problem. And you know, the men that were in that office, they just didn't see it that way. And it's, it's unfortunate that you bring these things up and men go, oh, yeah, it's easy to be a pretty woman in a room. But it's like, there are men who won't take you seriously for that. But there are women who will spite you for that. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, <laughs> I it, is it jealousy? Is it threatening? I mean, are you threatening? Have you felt that? Because I've certainly felt some of the same things that you're talking about. I mean, what do you think it is? I think there are just so few women in business that we are naturally threatened by each other. We have naturally competitive vibes. It's like, you know, the reason that we have to be mindful about banding together is that there is a competitiveness among the female workforce because there are just so few of us and we're already fighting against so many barriers that it's this like natural inclination to think that you're just in fight mode. And, you know, and women are unfortunately raised to be competitive. We're a culture of women who are out competing each other on looks and out competing each other constantly, you know, in fashion and this and that. And so I think you've got to be really mindful to bring your collective self to the boardroom and to the workplace and to the leadership board. Because otherwise, our natural inclinations are just to, yeah, it's like it's a me versus you mentality in the workplace. And I'm glad we're discussing that it's not just, you know, a men against women. It's most definitely, in my experience, women against women as well. 
it's an interesting thing because I know for me, I have worked in the financial industry, which is almost all men. And there's, you know, somewhere between, depending on the statistic of the day, 13 to 20% women in the industry. And so, you know, I have to work really, really hard and be really tough and kind of on my own. I'm not, you know, asking other people to be around me. And this is how I came up in this business by really being independent, alone, fighting for myself and seeing that that's what other successful women were actually doing. And so, you know, you're doing all this fighting to get what you want, but then you're not looking behind and saying, hey, wait a minute, who are these other people that maybe I could be mentoring, or maybe I could be helping, or maybe I could make the path easier for them. But for me, and I think it's for other women as well, we're working so hard just to do what we're trying to do and to get ahead ourselves, we're not looking back as much. And I think that it is harder for women in a lot of cases because we have families and we've got other things going on and we've got other responsibilities and men have those same responsibilities too, but sometimes those things fall more on the women. And so we've got a million things going on and we're just charging forward. And the problem is I think we need to kind of look over our shoulder and see who it is that we can help. And I'm just not sure that because of what we had to do to get to where we're at in business, that that's a common thought. Absolutely. And I'm so happy you said that. I was sitting in a room last week with a group of female entrepreneurs, and we actually asked ourselves, do any of you have a female mentor? And the truth is not one of us said yes. All of our mentors were men. We were talking through the importance of mentors and of building your career and building your skill sets. And every single one of my mentors are men and every single one of those women in the room felt the same. So the same. And that's really unfortunate. And, you know, I think the first step is just awareness. Like, I said, you know, I'm willing to stand up and raise my hand and admit like I was one of those women. But what actually helped me the most in business was making that shift of saying, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I in this me versus you mentality? And let me try out a different approach where I have a collectivist view where I say you plus me equals three. I shifted that. I did it not knowing where it would go and thinking, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? And when I took on that mentality is when I, I moved from being a fighter to a leader and being a leader is about helping others. And when you help others, it doesn't have to be like in a formal setting where I'm the leader and you're the employee. It's just about creating those informal interactions where you're helping others. You learn so much more. It makes you such a better person. We as women could collectively be more represented in the workplace if we were just doing this with each other. I'm convinced, but it also, it just helps you as a person to shift that mentality and I think we've both experienced it in our personal work histories. Like, what was your moment where you went, okay, let me stop, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I just knew that I was kind of on my own. And I, of course, have also male mentors. I don't have a female mentor. I didn't have someone who I could learn, hey, be more like a leader as opposed to being a fighter. And I was just born to be a fighter, right? And so it was that change like you were talking about that happened to me, but it happened to me when I got to a certain level in my career. And I did see some of the things that were happening in financial services. And you know, for 10 years, I'm looking around and nothing changes. Every firm has a diversity initiative and nothing changes. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe there's something here. And so I started to do a little bit of research on this topic in financial services, you know, conducting actual academic level research and finding that this is a problem I actually should be behind. And it was through doing the research that made me think I've got to do something different, which is why I started this podcast, which is why I work with women who are starting in financial services and I often don't charge them. 
which is why I try to mentor and look back as much as I can to bring people with me. I started a foundation, the Red Zone Leadership Foundation, to be able to help women become better leaders. I came all in, but it happened when I reached a point in my career where it was kind of safer to do that. And I wish I would have done it a long time ago. Me too. My first boss was a woman and she was a nightmare to me. And would, you know, call my name out and say, oh, and let, I bet Jessica's just going to want to make things pretty, you know? And it was like, we start out fighting each other. And when you enter a job and you're a woman, you will inevitably run into another woman who will throw you under the bridge or under the bus, excuse me, maybe it's a bridge or do something, <laughs> you know, backstabbing to you. And it just starts that chain reaction. And it's only natural. Like I was a very nice person and very well-intentioned. I go into the working world and management consulting And by my second year, I was like a wolf. And I'm sure it was the same in the financial services. And that's the working world, right? That's how anybody has to be to survive it. And women have to be tougher, especially in male dominant industries. You know, we have to be tough as nails. But yeah, I mean, we also have to, you know, do a service to one another and bring more women in now. I was talking about like, not so long ago, women couldn't vote. And it took us all coming together and saying, actually, let's vote. And I want it to be the next generation of this talking about women as a minority group and being treated unequal in the workforce. I want that to be the next thing of the past. I want us to be like totally equal in this working environment, you know, next generation, everybody's going, what were those women talking about? If if anybody listens to that and that's their reaction to this podcast, like we have won. (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, we're still trying to figure all this out. I mean, Harvard Business School did not take women until I was like maybe 55 years ago. So it's in like my parents' lifetime. It's not like it's been forever ago. Like people still remember when women couldn't do things. There were golf courses they couldn't go to. There were things that they couldn't do. And now it's changing. But we also have to be continually changing. And I think doing less of fighting and more of leading and more of looking back. So what are you doing in your career and the work that you're doing to be able to lift women up? It's so funny you just said that because I think that the greatest disservice that we've done with this generation is we now see that more women are graduating with graduate level degrees than men. Women are outgraduating men in law school. Women are outgraduating men in graduate business school. And our disservice is that we're not giving those people a chance. So we've done a really good you know, job of educating women in this generation, but let's give them an opportunity. So, you know, in my work, it's, I put my email, I put my phone number on everything I do. And I say, anybody who wants to reach out to me, reach out to me. And I have women who will call me, you know, with anything, just anything, you know, career advice, how to talk to HR, how to start their own business. It's a really humbling experience to give this advice because it really opens up your awareness of like, wow, I really have learned so much and I have so much to offer. But I do marketing and help grow startups, especially in like the blockchain space, in emergent technologies and the AI and ICO space. I just signed an all-female firm named Creative Mint. They are bringing children's books onto the blockchain space and they're doing purpose-driven learning for children. And I have to be honest with you, Mary Beth, I gave away that contract for almost nothing to them. I was like, I just want to work with you guys. It's terrible to say that, but it's like, (laughs) you just want to work with women doing things. You know, just the more that we can support each other, whether it's free mentorship, which is, you know, something I do to anybody who wants to reach out to me, or it's working with women leaders. Like, unfortunately, I always land myself in my consulting engagements. I'll land myself in a boardroom where there's a woman who's been held out of it and she's smarter than everybody in the room. She's paid less than everybody in the room. And I will work with her like nights and weekends on how to develop her leadership presence so that she can work her way into that boardroom. 
it's just like my personal kind of ninja mission just to bring other women up because we're going to hit an inflection point where when we are closer to 50 50 we'll start pulling more women in i think we'll be less scared we'll be less frightened we'll be less in a fight mode and so i want to hit that inflection point for all of us where it just becomes natural for women and by the way, a lot of women are getting voted into our leadership team for our United States government right now, which is pretty exciting. It's very exciting. Yes. And that all happened because women decided to stand up and say, you know what, we need to start running for office. Because I think one of the things that you hear a lot in women's groups and other things like that is just talking about what the problems are. And it's nice to talk about what the problems are and figure out what they are. But at some point, we have to start doing something about the solutions. And I think women running for office is an incredible solution that actually can have some really meaningful change. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that. I teach them how to put their hand up. And that to me is kind of odd because it's probably always been a natural inclination for you too. Is like I was raised with a father who was an entrepreneur who just taught me I could do anything. And I find so many women going, but I don't know if I qualify for this job. I don't know if I should apply for this. I don't know if I should get this raise. I don't know if I should do this. And a lot of it is just like, um, do you think every guy on earth is qualified for every position that he's applying for? Like men's egos drive them to do ridiculous things. And I'm just like, <laughs> you can just do anything. Like, look at the dumbest guy in the room and look at how he's acting and tell me that you can't do anything too. And then they laugh and they go, oh, okay, you're right. But it's like, <laughs> you know, there's so many women have this mentality of like keeping their head down. And I think just having that combo of like, look at every dumb guy in the room that you're with who's more successful than you. Just do that. If you can just do like what the dumb guy does, now look at what the smart guys are doing. Now start doing that stuff, you know, because <laughs> it's such a like mental shift that we have to give each other. And I would love to hear why you are so brave and fearless. Like, Because I gave my story. I want to hear yours. Well, mine actually is a lot like yours. I was raised also by an entrepreneur, generations of entrepreneurs, and I never thought that I couldn't do it. It was just part of what we did. I don't know. It was just who I am. <laughs> but that's also something that I realized is that just because I'm that way and I'm not afraid of raising my hand and I'm not afraid of going after things that you know could be thought of like, what is she doing? That's way too big for her, whatever it is. But I do it anyways. But the thing that I had to figure out is that there are other women who don't think like I do. Yeah. It's not that I have to make them be me. But I just have to understand that they're coming from a totally different place. They just don't have that built in in some cases that they do think like you're thinking, well, you know, like you were saying, I'm not sure that I'm good enough for that. I'm not sure that I should be doing that. You know, look at all these other people. I'm not sure that I qualify. I don't know that I've ever qualified for anything. I just keep asking and keep doing and then learning as I'm doing it. And it's sort of like that fake it till you make it, but I try not to really fake it. I try to actually know as much as I can possibly. But I mean, if I'm doing something or going after a new account or you know, applying to do something, I don't feel like I'm necessarily the most qualified person, but I think I'll do a really, really good job. And so I'll continue to do it. I love that. I feel the exact same way. It's like, it's not really faking it until you make it. It's the faking period because when you take on a new job, you have a two month faking it period. Everybody does. You're not ever going to know what you're meant to do. So that faking until you make it period is like, that's just has to be part of your hustle. You know, your job in your goal is to not already know everything. It's to minimize that two month window. So for me, it's like, if I can get that two months down to a week, I'm pretty freaking professional. If you can like master something in a week, you're doing pretty good. So I just assume and take on that risk of, I might not know this. 
yet, you know, that's just a matter of time until you just figure it out. And yeah, it's like, how does anybody know anything? You know, I love that Steve Jobs quote that the second that you realize that everything around you is created by somebody who's no smarter or really that different than you, the world just becomes obvious that anything is possible. Yeah, it's so true. So how can people reach you? I know we've talked about this on the last podcast, but how can somebody reach out to you? How can they find out more? I know you've got a book coming out. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. So jessicahiggins.co, not a .com, .co, jessicahiggins.co. And you can email me at, let's see, we'll do jessica at culture-group.com. That's cultured with a D-group.com. Yeah, I have a communications book that's coming out. It's called the 10, what is that book called, Mary Beth? The 10 Essential Business Communication Skills. Yes. And the so, reason that she's hesitating is because her publisher just changed the name. Just change, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been promoting the 12 Essential Business Communication Skills up until this point. It's now 10. The other two are in there. They're just as bonuses. And the two bonuses are high stakes communication and avoiding a me too type of situation. Those two sections were kind of just dropped in, you know, they're still in there. So the other 10 are really about how to be more assertive, how to handle yourself in networking events, how to become a really great public speaker, how to listen, how to have more empathetic communications. And really, I mean, the book is really designed to be using communication as a tool for really getting what you want. And I didn't write it specifically for women, except I kind of did because there's the assertiveness is in there, you know, the negotiation is in there and it's written, you know, from a woman's perspective, but about people who just want to develop their communication skills because people who realize that communication is the key to everything. It can start wars, it can end them, you can create lasting friendships, you can get a raise, a promotion, you can win a job, everything. So this book is designed to just be really a how-to guide for getting what you want out of life using your ears and your mouth and also your body language. So, Well, that is awesome. So thank you so much for joining us And part two of the podcast with Jessica Higgins um, is now complete. But thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was great chatting with you. And thank you for having me on again. (laughs) You are welcome. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.